This is AutoLine Daily, the show dedicated to enthusiasts of the global automotive industry. Nikola says it's getting very close to announcing that it will do a deal with a car company to build its pickup truck, which is called the Badger. On AutoLine After Hours yesterday, Trevor Milton, the founder of Nikola, said they've narrowed the field down to three OEMs. Take a look. We have a lot of groups in right now ready to ready to do a deal. Uh, we're finalizing it right now, and soon we will be um, soon we'll be in, in announcing that probably in the next two months or so, two three months, and that'll be with what OEM it is. It'll be built at their factory, sold in service and warranty through their distribution, through their third party logistics. So you're going to get the same quality of dealership service you get with that with with say another truck that you do with that, and that's uh, I think so- that's a smart way to go. By the way, that is a full-size pickup, which will be offered with either battery power or a fuel cell and battery combination. Milton claims that the battery version will deliver 300 miles of range, while the fuel cell adds another 300 miles for a total of 600 miles. There's a ton of great information about Nikola in that show, and you can watch it right now on our website or our YouTube channel. Bank of America senior automotive analyst John Murphy released his annual Car Wars report, and his conclusions are sobering. He predicts that new car sales in the U.S. will only hit 12.8 million vehicles this year, down 25% from 2019, and it might take until the mid-2020s before sales of new cars top 16 million again, which is still well below the 17 million that were sold last year. Murphy says this crisis is different than anything the industry has seen in the last 20 to 30 years. But despite the drop in sales, automakers are going to increase the number of launches that they're going to do over the next several years. Between 2021 and 2024, they're going to introduce an average of 63 new vehicles a year. And that's up from about 40 an average over the last couple of decades. Most of the new vehicles are going to be crossovers, which is going to saturate that market segment. And Murphy warns that that could create profitability risks. And he also said that GM's push into electric vehicles could hurt its market share since it's not going to be updating gasoline-powered models as often since that money is going to go to EV development. The German supplier Bosch introduced a new semiconductor chip to help improve navigation. The sensor continually monitors changes in a vehicle's speed and direction, processes that information, and sends it to the navigation system. Then the data is combined with GPS data and used for navigation. This way, if the GPS signal is interrupted, like going through a tunnel, the sensor can step in and make sure that the car knows where it is. The chip can also be used for fleet management and tolls, as well as for vehicle alarm systems, thanks to its ability to detect vibrations and impacts. The new sensor is already in production, and it's being shipped to automakers, but Bosch would not tell us which car companies are using it. Electrify America is doing more than just creating a nationwide network of fast charging stations in the U.S. It's also helping to pay for the vehicles that will be using those chargers. 
Three new Green Power EV Star shuttles are being added to Sacramento, California's on-demand micro-shuttle program, which they call Smart Ride. And Electrify America fully subsidized the cost of those shuttles, the DC fast charging infrastructure to support them, and the retrofit costs for wheelchair access. The buses are equipped with a 118 kilowatt hour battery pack, which can return up to 150 miles of range. That's about 280 kilometers. And the first one of these is scheduled to go to work next Monday. The EV shuttles will also allow SmartRide to expand its service area. And before the coronavirus lockdowns hit, it was providing about 230 rides a day. Porsche revealed the GTS version of the Cayenne and Cayenne Coupe. The big news here is that a 4-liter twin-turbo V8 from the Panamera GTS will replace the twin-turbo 3.6-liter V6 of the previous model. The new setup produces about 460 horsepower. That's about 20 more horses than before. With its standard 8-speed automatic and all-wheel drive, the Cayenne GTS will go from 0 to 60 in 4.5 seconds or 4.2 seconds with Porsche's performance start feature. That's about a half a second faster than the old GTS. Unique to the Cayenne GTS Coupe is the option for a centrally located sport exhaust system that was tuned for high frequency. A revised suspension system also lowers the ride height by about 1.2 inches, that's about 30 millimeters, compared to the Cayenne S models. And to further set the GTS apart, the wheels, lighting, air intakes, window trim, interior accents, logos, and more are all tinted or painted black. The new Cayenne GTS and GTS Coupe start hitting U.S. dealerships this fall, and they'll carry a starting price of just over $108,500 and nearly $112,000, respectively. But those prices include destination charges. And in more Porsche news, the man who was responsible for the overall construction of the Porsche 917 and its 12-cylinder engine, Hans Metzger, unfortunately passed away two days ago at the age of 90. But there's more than just the beautiful 917 and what he accomplished. He developed the 911's air-cooled six-cylinder engine, Porsche's turbocharged Formula One engine from the mid-1980s that helped win several championships, and he even designed engines for Harley-Davidson. Now that is an impressive career. Speaking of famous race cars, Ford Performance, those are the same folks that needed help solving the mystery of a mid-engine Mustang concept, also unearthed what they believe to be some of the earliest design sketches of the Ford GT40. The pictures show the car from different angles, and one is a wire drawing that shows all of its internal components. They were found while archivists were searching through the styling collection of negatives that they have, and they're from 57 years ago. Ford Performance also showed the first clay model of the GT40, which was created only one week after these sketches were drawn. You can see how the sketches influenced the clay model, and eventually, that very famous race car. Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone Tires. Your journey, our passion. Are roads in the United States too soft? Yeah, they are. We're talking about those asphalt and concrete surfaces that millions of drivers drive on every day. While they seem solid, 
large trucks can actually deflect the surface of roadways as they drive over them. And that deflection is having an impact on the efficiency of those trucks. According to a study from MIT researchers, adding rigidity to those roads would improve gas mileage and reduce greenhouse gas emissions. They suggest incorporating a small amount of synthetic fibers or carbon nanotubes asphalt and removing some of the binder to get a denser material or even just using concrete instead of asphalt. If only 10% of roads were made stiffer each year, MIT researchers say that 440 megatons of carbon dioxide would be eliminated over the next 50 years. You know, I just had the convertible version of the Lexus LC500 in the Autoline garage this week, and all I can say is, what a car! For me, the hardtop version of the LC is one of the best-looking cars on the market today. And while the convertible version is still a head-turner, it doesn't have quite the flowing lines of the hardtop. That's often the case with convertibles with motorized tops. When you fold up the roof and stuff it behind the back seats, it usually ends up with a big lump that's hard to hide. The good news with this top is that it's a one-touch operation with no latches or levers to deal with. The 5-liter V8 in the LC literally roars to life. If you're in a garage when you start it up, the noise can be deafening, but it only takes a moment or two for it to settle down to a quiet burble. And all it takes to bring the roar of its 471 horses back to life is to put your right foot down with authority. What impressed me most about this convertible is how solid it feels. Anytime you cut the roof off a car, it loses a lot of torsional rigidity. But Lexus has done a great job of masking any cowl shake. Part of that may have just been done by adding more mass. This is a heavy car, nearly 4,300 pounds. But the end result is that the LC feels rock solid, even when going over broken, bumpy pavement. And what makes that even more impressive is that this car is fitted with giant wheels and brakes, specifically 21-inch wheels and 15.7-inch front brakes and 14.1 rear ones. And while it does use aluminum calipers, that is a lot of unsprung mass. Even so, the ride and handling of this car is butter smooth. And while Lexus classifies this convertible as a four-seater, that's just the figment of imagination from some copywriter. I contend it is a physical impossibility to put a human being in the back seats, as long as anyone is occupying the front seats. This model is so new that Lexus has not yet released the pricing on it. The hardtop starts at $93,000. The hybrid version costs over $97,000, so the convertible will easily top $100,000. Lexus doesn't sell a lot of LCs, only about $100 a month in the U.S. market. But a car like this was not brought to the market to sell in big numbers. It's all about building brand image. And Lexus has done a terrific job of polishing its image with the LC convertible. And with that, we wrap up this week's worth of reports. Hope to see you back here again on Monday.
Wards is the industry leader for news, data, and analysis. That's why companies across the globe subscribe to our premium service, maybe even your own. Log in for subscriber access now. Check your company's intranet for details and rely on wardsauto.com to keep you informed.